Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Coming up on Unreasonable Odds, an abbreviated edition with the holiday just around the corner. We go through the Thanksgiving Day NFL football card, what we are eyeing, potential best bet capabilities for Thursday. There is a Friday afternoon game on Black Friday between the Dolphins and the Jets. A great college football game on Friday night as well. Oregon State and Oregon, we'll touch on that. Michigan, Ohio State, a highly anticipated matchup that we will highlight as well. Myself, and Julian Edlow coming up on Unreasonable Odds. Holiday edition of Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Your host, Brendan Glasheen, joined by Julian Edlow, DraftKings content specialist. We have producer Samir, who will join us at the conclusion of the show for Best Bets. So here's what we'll do. We're going to spend the next 20 minutes or so. We'll take a look at the college football board. Also, NFL, really good college game Friday. Oregon State and Oregon. The noon kick on Saturday, Ohio State and Michigan. Some other looks for rivalry week. And then uh, we'll work our way through the NFL Thursday slate for Thanksgiving. There is a Friday game, Dolphins-Jets, and then any leans. It's really early in the week. We're recording on a Tuesday to get to the nitty-gritty of Sunday because of injuries and so on and so forth. So we'll do the best we can to work through here. Uh, quickly, Julian, uh, I think we should spend a second here on last night, Chiefs-Eagles, what you took from that game. Compelling product. I, we were, I was on the Chiefs like you were. Uh, frustrating. MVS, Butterfingers uh, to score a game-winning touchdown. The officiating was a part of the game as well. But uh, what do you take from the weekend? What do you take from that Monday night game? Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs have some have some work to do. Uh, I thought they would look better coming out of the bye offensively, and they didn't. That's now three straight weeks that they have not scored a point in the second half, three straight games that they haven't scored in the second half. They haven't scored more than seven yeah. points in a second half since they played the Vikings on October 8th. Um, well, I didn't even think of that. second half points in their last five games wow. combined. Uh, so they got some issues coming out of the locker room the second time and, and putting up points. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> a lot of it is the the MVS drop and Kelsey's fumble. That's the one everybody will look at. But the Kelsey fumble, Mahomes in the first half threw an end zone interception. Right. Um. So you know, it, even if the Chiefs do score a goose egg in the second half, if they put up twenty four in the first half, it probably doesn't matter. Um. So just all, all those those uh, three things combined, really left a lot of points on on the table for Kansas City. Yeah, I think the game still mattered more for Philly. We talked about this last week when we did the pod when you gave out the Chiefs. Revenge spot for the Eagles. Jason Kelsey finally beats his brother head-to-head. But uh, the Eagles keep winning ugly, which is a good sign for a good team. But I think the Chiefs, what they did prove in the first half, which we should keep an eye on the rest of the way here, is they do have 
a commitment to the run game. I thought they'd be better. Like you said, they've been bad in the second half, but at least they've got a run game. It's still evident that Mahomes and this game doesn't help that he doesn't trust anyone other than 87. That is absolutely a concern in the passing game. That is. Um, so yeah, that's out. And that's what I mean. Like I, I was fortunate to get the over 23 and a half in the first half clearly yeah. because the Eagles couldn't move the ball. They finally got some fourth and short situations to do the tush push. But, uh, the Chiefs run game um, and the way they executed at the end of the first half to get the field goal off in time, I thought, okay, this is this looks like an Andy Reid team off a bye, but they, yeah, they've got some issues in the in the passing game, but they're they're proving they can still they're they're going to win if the Chiefs are going to win the whole thing and make a deep playoff run, they're going to do it differently than they ever have before. They can't get behind, which they didn't do last night. They play with a lead, but when they do get behind, which which they did at the end of the game, going down by four. You need seven, and you're starting at your own five, ten yard line. No one other than and, and look, Kelsey had a drop too on a third down that made them have to get a fourth and two, and he caught they, the next pass. Yeah. He still got two catches in a row to extend that drive. So he did. I wouldn't say that one hurt them as much, but I, yeah, everybody made key mistakes that stalled that offense at at poor times. And when the Eagles needed the big play, they got it downfield to Devonte Smith. Yeah. Uh, so. It's true. Credit to the Eagles. I don't want to take credit away from the Eagles, but man, the Chiefs made a lot of mistakes offensively. Yeah, it's true. Uh, just if you look at the two deep balls, Devontae Smith catches his. Mar- uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling did not, and that's kind of what it came I down felt to. Like I have easily could have won both my best bets. Uh, One being the Chiefs, the other being Oregon State, who shut out Washington in the second half. Yep, and lose by two. Difference in the game being a safety for two points in the first quarter with Mm -hmm. a uh, snap going over the puncher's head. Tough weekend for best bets. Let's, let's use that as a jumping off point for this week in college football Friday's game between Oregon state and Oregon. You could have got 14, but now Oregon state is plus 13 and a half at DraftKings visiting Oregon. It's rival rivalry week, but we know these two teams are in the same conference. Oregon's still trying to keep pace with Washington in the Pac-12. Any play on this game or any lean for the Beavers and the Ducks? Not really. Um, it's a big number. I would lean to taking the points, but Oregon State just got eliminated from from the Pac-12 uh, yeah. with with that loss to Washington. I think they put a lot in that game against Washington, whereas Oregon was kind of in a look-ahead spot. They could sleepwalk last week, get ready for this game, where Oregon State had a huge comeback win over Oregon when the game was in Corvallis last year. Mm-hmm. Now it transi- transitions to a home game for Oregon where they have the Pac-12 title game coming up, you would assume, if they win. But this is I mean, this is also a college football playoff game for them. They need to beat Oregon State, beat Washington, and then be sitting there at 12-1 and one with a chance, we'll see how things go, to get in. So with this being like a home playoff game for Oregon, I, I just don't see them losing the game. I think they'll be able to put up enough points that the Beavers won't be able to keep up. But it's so many points on the spread, I, I don't really have a way to play it. Yeah, while Oregon State, their run game, we were texting back and forth on Saturday that they stayed committed to the run. But when you have a 10-minute drive and you're not scoring, and you just, I I get the mindset, keep the ball out of the hands of 
Michael Penix, and perhaps They've that's their tactic. Them all half them. Yeah. They played more to to have the ball last than to score. Correct. And that's where when you get down to three, you know, two, three minutes left in the game, DJ doesn't we saw this at Clemson. I don't think he still has the downfield passing game capability to pick up cheap yards. Uh, so that's what did them in. But uh, yeah, it's still a big number. But you could have got 14 down to 13 and a half. Kind of feels like a no play. Oregon is favored by, uh, in the game, obviously, minus 575 on the money line. How about Saturday's game? Ohio State, Michigan. This is a big one. Michigan lane three and a half. So that one, I do think the number's short enough now on Michigan. We've seen at times the look ahead floating six and a half, seven, a lot of five and a halves throughout the season. It's been up a lot of the season. At three and a half or better, um, I think it's Michigan. I'm ultimately going to be on the sidelines for betting the actual spread in this game because I have my Michigan roughly two to one preseason to win the Big Ten. So this is the game we thought it would come down to all season. Both do come in undefeated. Iowa awaits them in the Big Ten with the winner in the Big Ten title game. I don't know how Iowa, poor Iowa, is going to score in that <laughs> game. So uh, you know, uh, this is this is both the Big Ten title game this weekend between uh, Ohio State and Michigan, and a college football playoff game all bundled in into one. Um, I think Michigan at home is 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 the side. Uh, they've, you know, we didn't know what they were until they played Penn State, and they looked the part against Penn State. So we got to tr- trust all these numbers all season, even though they've been beating bad teams. That this power rates is you know one of the better teams and the better team than Ohio State. And ultimately, eye test wise, what it comes down to me, I know Ohio State has a really good defense. Michigan's going to have to find ways to score. But I, the quarterback play of Ohio State is likely going to be what's the difference in this game for me. I know you have Marvin Harrison Jr., and he's bailed them out of so many situations all season. Now against this Michigan defense on the road, is Marvin Harrison going to be able to bail the quarterback out? I don't know. I, I, so I lean to Michigan. I'm happy that I have a big plus number, and I'm not laying any juice. But I'll just say it this way. I'm leaving it unhedged. I'm leaving – my Michigan two to one to win the big 10 in this one. So in two ranked games this year, Ohio state against Notre Dame total was 31 Penn state 32. They gave yeah, Penn state. I was just looking over to the total. Yep. Michigan 46. has put up impressive numbers these last couple of years against Ohio state offensively, mm-hmm. but it, this is a really good defensive team. So would you lean under 46? That feels like the – Yeah. Uh, you don't get under the key number of 47, unfortunately. I was I was really confident in the uh, that Ohio State-Penn State under. But Michigan is a whole lot better than Penn State offensively. Right. Yeah, I think this is, uh, this is the ultimate test for <clears throat> – Now, I mean, look, the way, they, the way Ohio State played defensively against Hartman and Notre Dame – Notre Dame has their flaws. We know Hartman, I think was a little overrated going there. I was a big fan of the move, but um, they've shown up in these games against uh, good run teams and McCarthy and Michigan. Uh, they do have more balance uh, compared to some other teams. So uh, again, you, you, you want to play good numbers, right? So 40, you'd rather get 47. If this moves 
if it gets to 44, 45, 45 and a half, maybe you look over. Um, but, uh, yeah, that should be good. Uh, Saturday at noon, Ohio State and Michigan. What else? You, uh, you, you've you got a rivalry game that you circled. Uh, it's it's going to be one of your best bets, but just touch on it briefly. You, have, you like Florida this week as a dog at home. Which one? Sorry. Florida. You like the, the Gators. Oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's four other bets that I'm I'm four bets really that I'm going to have on the on the Saturday card. <clears throat> we can start with Florida. Took Florida at home in this in that Tennessee spot. They came through as home dogs at the Swamp. I love that this game is at the Swamp. They Florida just lost a couple of games on the road. Tight one to a really good Missouri team. Yep. They lost their last game at the Swamp. They got uh, upset by Arkansas, but prior to that, they had won nine of ten at home. Well, Florida, so in, in very going, least, they, and they covered in that. They, they were they almost what a two touchdown dog against Missouri. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they were they were a big dog. Um, so I, I like the way that Florida's playing now, but the quarterback, mm-hmm. Graham Mert, we got both starting quarterbacks injured in this game, which makes things pretty interesting now. FSU is now in question. They could go 13-0 and potentially and not make the college football playoff, in my opinion, if they don't look good enough doing it with a backup quarterback, if they struggle in these games. But I think Florida is going to be live in, the, in this game. Florida's backup looked capable coming in against Missouri, keeping them in that game. Um, and FSU is going to have a whole world of pressure on them in a wild atmosphere on Saturday night at the swamp. I think that Florida is going to have a really good chance here. They're five and six. They're also playing for bowl eligibility. If they can win outright, I don't know what that means to them this year, but that storyline is there. And I think the nerves for, for FSU are, are going to show here knowing all of a sudden from, Hey, just keep winning with our, with our stud quarterback. And we're in to, we really need to look good now and prove that we belong without our guy. And I think that's going to be um, very difficult. And these games, it's rivalry week. These games have been close. Florida lost by seven points at FSU last year. Yeah. Uh, and the and when two years ago, when this was at the Swamp, Florida won. Yeah, no Jordan Travis for the rest of the season. And that's why the when the committee gets together, that's why scoring, and we've talked about this with Oregon quite a bit, like you want to still – pad your stats, put up points. And that's what Florida state did do with their backup against. I know it was against an Alabama directional Alabama team, but uh, yeah, that's a tough atmosphere, especially when Florida plays better at home. Um, the numbers tell us that they, they're a better team at home Saturday night spot. You, you hit on all the key points. You're going back to the well on LSU, but not on a side. Yeah. So LSU, basically what we saw last week, LSU is out of it in the sec. They're out of it when it comes to the national championship they should still be a nine-win team if they can win this uh, one against Texas A&M and get a good bowl game. But what has become the focus of their season? I would say it's getting Jaden Daniels the Heisman. He became the bet, the odds-on favorite last week after playing a no-name school and doing what? Having like 500 yards, eight touchdowns. They were just running it up offensively. Now it's much tougher to run it up against a, SE, a legit SEC team in Texas A&M <clears throat> but Texas A&M got them last year in this game. Look ahead spot for LSU looking towards Georgia in the SEC title game. It's about 39 and a half. I think the LSU team total 
so I think they're going to score into the 40s. LSU has done this in every game except for the FSU game, um, the Arkansas game, and the the Alabama game where uh, Daniels got hurt on the road. Yeah. So they're 8-3 and three to scoring 40-plus points, and that's going to be the bar here. I think they get it against Texas A&M because they're not going to let their foot off the gas because the the goal of their season has now become this Heisman Trophy. Drake May made a great throw against Clemson on the road, and Clemson delivered. They covered the – I think the line closed at 7.5, so touchdown and a hook. And UNC, outside of that throw by May, there's not much else going on around him, and that's why you like the Wolfpack and another rivalry spot, NC State getting three at home against the Tar Heels. Yeah, so you look here, both teams are eight and three. They're going in completely opposite directions. UNC, at one point in time, had a path opening up to win 10, 11, 12 games and play FSU in the uh, ACC title game. Now they're eight and three. They've lost three of five. They're one and four against the spread in those five games. They've lost twice outright as double-digit favorites. One of the two wins was by two points over Duke as double-digit favorites going against a third-string quarterback. That Virginia game, too, was so bad. They were so and bad the, in that game. And the other win was over Campbell. So we can throw the Campbell game out. They're 0-4 ATS in the ACC games, and the only game that they won was by two, giving up 45 points to a third-string quarterback that was playing at UNC. So I just don't see it at all with UNC right now. They're one and two straight up and against the spread on the road this season. You mentioned they played at Clemson, lost, didn't cover last week. This is the first time all season they'll be playing consecutive road games. Then you look on the other side. I didn't even know NC State had gotten all the way to eight and three, to be honest. (laughs) I didn't know the record was that good. Um, I know that they've been getting hot, but they're on a 4-0 straight up and against the spread run. Three of those wins out are as dogs outright. Clemson and the other one was laying one and a half to wake. So they've been winning pick'em games or games they're underdogs in on a weekly basis. Uh, Clemson underdog, Miami underdog, Virginia Tech underdog. Mm-hmm. And they've matched up with UNC well over the years. They've won this rivalry two years in a row. They won it at home two years ago by four. And then they stole one by three in overtime at Chapel Hill last year. So I think they match up with the Tar Heels well. Uh, NC State's always tougher at home. They have that defense. Give Drake May some trouble. And then the UNC defense is abysmal. So getting three, I put it out in my article at two. I would love to have the key number of three. I, I don't care. I think NC State wins at home here. Why are you – so are you, are you anticipating Clemson coming off the high of the win against UNC to – clinch or well, they, they do have bowl eligibility they win that's that's more of that's i would argue the unc game is more of a rivalry game but it, this game matters more for south carolina they're getting more than a touchdown at home yeah so you notice the theme here all home dogs for me here on rivalry week and i feel like they're all playing for more uh yeah. clemson i don't care about the i don't care about the unc spot this is a, this is a big rivalry game i mean south carolina gets up for these clemson games they went to Clemson, beat them 31-30 to 30 last year on the yep. road. Right. Got a huge win. Revenge spot for Clemson now, sure, but Clemson's just not that good. I, like, I think they're now gaining respect because they went on a three-game winning streak all at home <laughs> mm-hmm. with a Notre Dame win that 
impressed a lot of us. This team the is game, still Gamecocks, one legit, straight like, up and very, against, Sorry, they're still one just three straight up and against the spread on the road. So prior to that three-game win streak at home, what did they do? They went on the road, lost as a favorite to Miami, lost as a favorite to NC State. So you put them on the road here, and like Florida, this is a five and six South Carolina team. You're playing for bowl eligibility. You want this one outright. Um, Clemson's just been really bad on the road. And I think that South Carolina will be up for this game. They've now won three in a row. They squeaked past Kentucky. Um, yeah, I don't trust the South Carolina defense too much, but Clemson's offense is not one that's going to make you really pay. So, yeah, seven and a half South Carolina. Um, I know you're going to pin me down for a best bet later, but like South Carolina, Florida, and NC State, the three home dogs this week, those, those, are, my, those are my spots. Okay, so for the sake of uh, shelf life, we are recording early this week, but we know folks are going to sink their teeth into the Thanksgiving Day football card. I've got a best bet in one of those three games, but any of these games that you have a strong feeling on, Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, Niners. I know you're going NFL for best bet, right? Yes, two. two Do you have anything college that you liked? No, no. you you hit on the games. I I mean, I'm happy you said that about Michigan because that was my lean. I would have liked Oregon Late State Michigan. with the two touchdowns, but not the case. Um, uh, well, yeah, that's probably it for me, though, on college. The one other game that I, that did jump out to me was the uh, uh, Kentucky this week um, in the spot that they have off the loss. Spot for Louisville, kind of. Yeah. Louisville's getting a little excited. They get FSU without Travis. Right. I think that look ahead is up on DK Sportsbook. I think that's Louisville plus six. Yeah. Yep. Let me find it. Yep. There it is. You're right. Plus six. I mean, we'll do we'll do the podcast next week for Championship Weekend. But yeah. So Kentucky plus, plus seven six. at Louisville noon noon kick. Louisville plus six against FSU looks pretty nice to me. Okay. Well, maybe maybe Kentucky is a play there. At- getting seven on the road for Louisville. Yeah. Cause this game, exactly. This, this game means nothing for the ACC title game prospects. So, yeah, it means, I mean, Louisville's never going to get in as a one loss team, but I don't, maybe there's something to them getting one loss, being in a new year's six bowl, whatever it would be. If they go 12 and one and win the ACC, there's still some motivation there, but yes, this Kentucky game is a look ahead spot. Thanksgiving, NFL, anything there? Yeah, uh, so I don't love the card, but I don't either. I think that the Lions are a safe teaser piece, and I was hoping the Cowboys could get down to eight and a half so I could get them to two and a half to match them with it. But Not happening. But when I was hoping that, the Niners were still in the, in the minus four range. Now they, now they are a teaser leg, which – you know, we mentioned it on the sweat. If you like the Niners, you should probably bet them before these Sunday games go off. And there you go. The spread goes up. Oh, you're up saying so that that was it. That game was at four and then it moved to six and a half. Niners, yeah. Niners, Seahawks. Wow. Okay. At, one, at one point during the week, three and a half. Wow. So the spread has essentially doubled since a week ago, let's say. Okay. Um, I don't know. There was one of these Thursday night spots last week where I got cute and took the Seahawks plus four at home. Niners stomped them. Uh, 
I just think the Niners had that hiccup where they lost a few games in a row, and now they're like, okay, we're healthy again. We gotta we gotta pick up steam here. Keep up with the Eagles who are who are beating the Chiefs on on the road on Monday Night Football. Like, I think when the Niners are healthy, and we saw it in Jacksonville, uh, you just go with them. So, Thanksgiving play for me will be a Lions uh, 49ers teaser. I think what's evident about the Seahawks is, well, Kenneth Walker's hurt. It doesn't seem like he's going to play this week. Geno Smith is regressing back to the mean of what he really is. And they can't, they can't score in the red zone. Like they're not making teams pay. I know Metcalf had a touchdown the other day and they had a lead against the Rams, but they couldn't, they couldn't put the game away. They couldn't score. Um, so that's the, the Seahawks are, I think overall a second half of the season. We, we already are in the second half of the season, but they're like a second half of the season, um, fade, uh, I think, cause they're, they're just not good enough in the red zone. So I think even laying the six and a half is probably the right side. Um, and it's always the Packers and the lions. They met each other Thursday night, early in the year at green Bay and the lions stomped them. Jordan love has improved, that was a great kind of soft landing game for him to get the Chargers and Brandon Staley and that horrible defense. Well, good personnel, just bad coaching. And see, that's the thing. You look at that game and think, well, what did, what did the Chargers do wrong? Well, they just couldn't they couldn't play defense. Justin Herbert did nothing wrong. Herbert threw a great ball the to de- The defense Howard. stinks. Huh? The play calling stinks. Yeah. It just makes it hard for that team to win. Yeah. So I think the <sighs> – the fact the line didn't move after the Packers beat the Chargers is an indication that the book the books are not overreacting to the Packers beating the Chargers. Yeah, Justin Herbert's the better quarterback and they have better players. And Jordan Love's still he's not he's played better than he did the first half of the season. His first five games versus last his first five versus last five, Love's been better, but no one's going to overreact when you play well against the chargers um but all right yeah, well, seven, if we're on sunday night football now i haven't played that one but <clears throat> i'm leaning towards laying the three and a half with baltimore which is minus 105 that ticks down to three i'll really like it chargers have no home field advantage none. they stink on they stink on defense and i think the book's not overreacting to that loss by the chargers is a mistake i think they should um staley calling the defense is not going well like baltimore's gonna have to defend a good effort from the Chargers offense, but I just think the dual running and passing threat of the Ravens against mm-hmm. that terrible Chargers defense. What about no Andrews? I mean, they still That's get the job done against the Bengals. It's it's not yeah. ideal, but Yeah, I, but you gotta be fair. Like the Bengals, when you lose your quarterback like that, it, it sucks the air out of the whole life of the game. Oh, it does, but you know. They've had they played the Thursday night game. They've had the long week to prepare for this one. Yeah, I, I would. Well, I'm with you. I think it's Baltimore. Right I'm just trying to. I'm playing, trying to play AFC. devil's advocate here with no Andrews playing. I know you are. Okay, I hear you. They'll figure it out. Isaiah Likely is one of the better backup tight ends in in the NFL, um, and they have the long week coming off the Thursday game to work them in. So, I would lean to Baltimore on Sunday night. Anything else, NFL? The, the, how about the so speaking of the Bengals, they are plus one at home against Pittsburgh. Joe Burrow done for the season. Seeing the sharps come in here on the Bengals, despite the quarterback difference. But Kenny Pickett, 
I was, here we are singing his praises, how he plays well in the fourth quarter. Well, Kenny Pickett, he's he's regressing, uh, it seems. Um, Jalen Warren's emerged. I think they should play Warren more they sh- than they play Najee Harris. They won't do that because they're stubborn. Uh, I don't think the Bengals are a bad call here. I, I don't feel great about it because there's no, no Burrow, but I think the Bengals still well, have better skill guys and better team so overall. The, the Bengals were minus one and moved to one-point dogs. I was going to stay away from this game, but I might play Pittsburgh because I think they're going to look so much better on offense with the Matt Canada firing. They're going to change up the offense. Finally, everybody's been saying how bad Matt Canada is. Now it's time to prove it and, and show what you can run without him. So Mm -hmm. the move at offensive coordinator has me intrigued that since he might not know as much of what to expect from Pittsburgh, and if they start, if, if they can put together a good game on offense here, I, I kind of like Pittsburgh now in a game that I, I was not betting prior to that offensive coordinator move. Any other NFL thoughts before we go to best bets? We got to wrap it up. Um, yes, two other games I'll talk about. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about this gross Patriots Giants game? Oh, yeah. Uh, last week, I bet this one ahead of time because I knew the total would drop like a rock. I played under 35 and a half as we record. It's 33 and a half. I don't know if it will get lower or not. (laughs) The way that you lose this game is like a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown. The, the giants are averaging. So the giants scored 31 points against Washington on Sunday. Mm -hmm. They're still the lowest points per game team in the NFL that bumped them up to 13 and a half points per game. That's incredible. 31. I thought for sure the Patriots would be the lowest. Wow. This is like the giants and Yankees both score like the same amount of points at home. The giants (laughs) in home games this season are averaging 6.8 points per game. I'm not even exaggerating. I know it's a good comp, a baseball, a baseball lineup is doing just as good as the Giants offense. 6.8 points per game for the Giants at home. Now you're going to get, I know the Patriots stink. The Patriots are awful. But you're getting Belichick off a bye. He loves playing against the Giants. Is the defense going to be ready for Tommy DeVito off a bye in the Meadowlands in late November? I think so. So (laughs) then let's look at the Patriots. Who are the Patriots? Oh, they're the second lowest scoring team in the NFL at 14.1 points per game coming off six in Germany. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I don't care what happens with this offense on the road. They get worse 11.6 points per game in road games. I, it's going to take multiple non-offensive touchdowns to lose this under, even with where it is. I'm trying to find what the Yankees average for runs per game at home. Cause now I'm very curious. Um, I can find that for you for the season. They scored 672 runs in 162. <clears throat> um, Hold on. I'll get you at the Yankees. It's not going to be, it's not going to be perfect, but no, but oh, it's, well, it's a great, it's a great, uh, home, huh? 328 runs. So 328 divided by 81. Doing some quick math here. Wow, they weren't good at Four. home at, at all. Four. Four point, they weren't. Just over four runs per game. Yeah, all right. That's close, though. It's not far off. Um, so 
yeah, I don't think we're going to see points there. And then I, I was hoping that the Chiefs covered on Monday Night Football, not just to win my bet, but also because it would be the Eagles off a loss at home against the Bills, who just looked good against the Jets. And I was going to say to take the Eagles. I still lean Eagles, but I don't, I don't know as much there. But I do like the over in that one in a season full of unders. The Eagles don't have a good pass defense. The Bills don't have a good pass defense. And they're dinged up in the secondary. Two good quarterbacks with receivers that catch the deep ball. Um, I think that we should see some points in Philly in that game. And if the secondary is dinged up for Buffalo, we could have some DeMar Hamlin sightings, which I don't think matters for comeback player of the year. He just had to get on the field to win it. Yep. But some people do think it matters and it like that number moves as he plays. Hamlin's sitting there at like minus 140 to win comeback player of the year. If he plays a bunch of snaps in that game. Um, I don't, in my mind, it doesn't change his odds of winning the award. I think he's already going to win. But if you are of that mindset, I think that him playing a bunch of snaps could move this to like minus 250 or whatever. So maybe consider grabbing that. What what if he plays poorly? (laughs) I don't think that matters. matters. I know, I know. But... I don't know. People have people make up their own definition of comeback player of the year. Josh Dobbs is way up there for comeback player of the year. But what's he coming back from? He's a candidate for this isn't an award, but breakout player, breakout player of the year. Yeah. He's not coming back from anything. He's just playing well after being like a backup that got cut and stuff. Does the NFL do a most improved player? They don't, right? No. So yeah. NBA does as we like know. Josh Dobbs is a great story. I'm not trying to go against Josh Dobbs. I'm just saying, are we sure, you know, does he fit the criteria comeback, comeback player of the year is what is the criteria that he's fit for? I did like, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do best bets. Cause we need to get out of here. Uh, yep. I can go first since I think I'm ready to go. Thursday afternoon, Packers, Lions, Jamar Gibbs receiving yards total at 27 and a half. He looks a whole lot different in this offense. Early in the year, they weren't using him. Then Montgomery went down. We saw Gibbs have a breakout game against the Raiders on Monday night, but they are getting him repetition in the passing game. He's cleared 35 yards in four straight games. What would concern me is that The Lions, while they did come back and beat the Bears last week, they have a bunch of guys who can get involved. Jameson Williams caught a touchdown. Amon Ross St. Brown has to be accounted for. Sam Laporta wasn't very good. So if this bet was not going to hit, it's because the Lions score a bunch of points and they've just got too many guys that they have to evenly feed everybody. But I just think the yard total is a little too low. Gibbs did only have 11 yards against the Packers head-to-head earlier in the season, but he did have five targets. Uh, Jamar Gibbs over receiving. And then on Friday, say again, saying Jamar. What did I say? Jameer. Did I say Jameer? Oh, I said Jamar. It's Jamar. Jamar. Thank you. Jameer Gibbs. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. And then Friday, uh, dolphins jets under 41, Tim Boyle's a quarterback. Dolphins aren't as good as scoring 70 points as they did early in the year. The jets actually, I know this would come off like, oh, well, that's not good that they're not playing well. They don't defend the run that well. And I think this could very well be a Raheem Mostert, run the football, get out on a short week, handle your business, uh, a chance for the Dolphins to 
pad their lead in the AFC East with the Bills playing another tough opponent this week. Um, short week for the for both of these teams, obviously, but I think the this is just going to be a ground and pound kind of game, and I don't trust. I know Zach Wilson's horrible. Tim Boyle's probably an improvement. Uh, but yeah, give me if the total's over 40, I'll take, I'll take an under, uh, especially when you have a double digit dog here too. I, I, when, typically when there's a double digit dog and the total is up over 40, I, I lean under and the dolphins kind of just take this over and cruise control and run the football on the jets. Jets are good defensively, but they're not as good against the run. Um, so there you go. That's what I got. What about you? I can't decide between these college plays and so I'm throwing all three of them on the board. Grade grade me on three because I can't pick a best bet. NC Ooh. State plus three, South Carolina plus seven and a half, Florida plus six and a half. I like them all equally as much. All home dogs and two of the three as you hit on, South Carolina and Florida, with a chance to clinch bowl eligibility. Yep. All right. Samir, are you there? Do you have a best bet this week? Any first quarter plays for Thursday? Yeah, the, well, we got to give Samir credit for the first quarter, Jags. Hit. It hit. Line moved. Glash was on it. Let us know. <laughs> and the Titans got the ball first. And the Titans got the ball first. And like there was no scoring. That's that that it was a low scoring game after the first half. Like if you were fortunate they got that touchdown in the first quarter because there was no scoring like the rest of that so half. So that's the other no. thing with first quarter. Like if you're playing half, you have urgency to score before the half. Quarter, you just say, Oh, let's let the clock grind down and we'll run the next red zone play on the other side well this is all a move point dicey, he won the bet smear smear played with fire and did not get burned would have, would have been undefeated if uh they Jason myers hit the kick yeah a field goal but nor here nor there um so i want to ask you guys a question real quick have you ever seen a team on the road be favored without listing their starting quarterback because that's what the patriots are doing right now that's crazy. Well, you, don't, you don't know who their starting quarterback is. That's my point. But they're still favored in the game. And they're laying more than a field goal. They're not just they're favored. More than a field goal. I don't trust this Patriots team farther than I think I could throw Bill Belichick, which might not be anywhere. So I'm going to take. Well, how do you trust? The, how do you trust the Giants though? That's that would that would be my question. Tommy DeVito, dude, he looks better than Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. Now Glash is going to give me junk for this pick, but no, I like the Giants here. I'm going to take. Giants on the money line. Let's do it. I mean, I would be a fan of it for the Patriots draft stock, but. I mean, yes. I also, there's some of that in mind too. I'm just so fed up with the way that this team has played all year. There's nothing that I know, you know, coming off the bye, Bill Belichick teams, this, that, all of the history behind it. But there's nothing about this team that makes me think looking at anything the Patriots have done any season prior to this season is applicable. I don't think that this team is nearly as disciplined, is nearly as like intimidating for other teams week in and week out. I just don't see it. I don't see – they don't even know who they're going to – Will Greer could be playing quarterback for them on Sunday. I have no idea. So I'm out on the Patriots. I'm going to take Giants money line. And I struggled with the second one. I, I think I'm just going to give that one out. But I do also kind of like Buffalo to get right against Philly this week as well. So Didn't Buffalo, they just get right? Buffalo. Yeah, they beat the Jets. They did beat the Jets, and the Jets beat Philly. And my head was doing a pretzel, and I thought they lost for a minute, but no. Well, 
mean, but to be fair, like, are you really getting right by beating Zach Wilson and the Jets? Not, this is a real test for Buffalo. This game, right. if they're if they're if they're back, if the Bills are really in it as a contender, they've got to at the very least play competitively. And what expect as Julian noted, he likes over in that game. It should be a. We'll find out if the Bills are not. I, don't, I wouldn't say for real, but if they're if they're back into being a factor, if they play well this right. week. No, I mean I think it's fair to say it's, it would be a get right spot because yeah, I mean the Jets, the Jets are the Jets. Like they have a great a great defense. They obviously blew the doors off them, but it's not. They're not a playoff team. They're not. They're not a playoff team as much as we wanted them to be. Maybe with Aaron Rodgers, if he had come back earlier, if the injury wasn't keeping him out all this time, it would have been a way more impressive win. But that's not the case. Here we are. Excuse me. Screw it. I will. Samir, he put himself out on the podcast. I will give out. I'll give out Buffalo too. Let's just. Let's ride. I mean, we just All talked right. about it for five minutes, so you might as well give it out. All right. I did. There it is. Two. Samir's Thanksgiving festivities have already began in the Samir household. He's spend more uh, time editing his own podcast now because of his potty mouth. <laughs> All right. Very good. That is it for us this week. Uh, for Julian Edlow and producer Samir, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening to Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Happy Thanksgiving. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.